I remember where the doctor would be sitting there typing on the computer instead of actually listening to what was being said or the symptoms that we were talking to them about and they just weren't paying attention at all. Hi, I'm Bobby. I'm a caregiver support group leader, a certified caregiving consultant and a certified caregiving educator. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights and share some emotional support, and maybe even share a laugh or two. And we all know laughing is in fact the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. Oh no, I'll never forget the wine, sweetie. Well, we've been a family caregiver and that's what led us to this journey to help and support other caregivers. During the time that we were caregivers, we each had different roles, but we came together to support caregivers. And that brings us to today's guest. She's from Texas and has been the full-time caregiver for her husband, Patrick, who was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in October of 2018. She is the founder of the Early Onset Young Alzheimer's Female Caregivers Group. She started the group because she couldn't find the support she felt she needed and knew there had to be others just like her. So please welcome to our show, Carlene Altum. Welcome, Carlene. Hi, Hi Carlene. Hi there. Hi, Mike. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Um, just to clarify something real quick, he was actually diagnosed, it'll be three years, uh, officially this August, but it was October 2018. He was no longer able to drive or work after well, seizure. Thank you. Well, thank you for clearing... Uh, yeah. Clarifying that. Now, when we uh, originally talked on the phone and you shared your story, I remember saying you are probably one of the strongest women I have ever come across in my life. So would you be kind enough to share uh, your story with our listeners? Uh, well, thank you for that. I, <laughs> that's very humbling to say that. Um, I feel that our, uh, I always say, take the rocks that have been cast to guide us and use them as stepping stones and don't hold on to them. For you oh, to I love that. Think. And thank you. And um, and I firmly believe that, you know, the more that, that life throws at you, um, the higher you can actually get. And, you know, who doesn't want that foundation made of stone, right? And so... Um, I've always known that my pain has had a purpose and that uh, no matter what I was going through, uh, I knew that the way that I could heal myself was by helping others. And when, um, and, and that just, that was my, that was my mode. And I always thought that everybody lived that kind of life. And, you know, I've learned later, I'm, I'm, I'll be 50 in October. You know, that's just not true. People just don't always have that kind of life. So when this happens with, with my husband, Patrick, we'll be married 20 years and um, this May. And uh, I knew uh, about two years into our marriage that something was going to happen. And that's just a thing about me. And uh, so I... I got prepared as best I could. And about 12 years ago, uh, the signs, before the signs uh, started being shown, and we kind of spoke about that with um, early onset, uh, which, if 
by the way, um, we, we're all, we're trying to kind of talk about it as younger onset. And the reason why is because this is um, a disease that's diagnosed before the age of 65. And you mentioned the support group that I had started, and that's early onset slash younger Alzheimer's female spousal caregiver support group. Very specific because I needed I had a specific need. <laughs> um, and you're diagnosed before the age of 65. Our uh, one of our youngest members in there is 29 years old. Her husband's 31. Oh and I think her average, yes, our average is um, in their 40s and 50s. Yes, we've, uh, but we have, we've mm -hmm. met some people um, through our work with caregivers that um, their family members are getting it very, very early. And that's one mm -hmm. of the reasons why we do the work that we do. We have to educate people that it's not just the elderly that are getting this. And thank Correct. you so much for your work. Well, um, it, again, it's, it's, I, uh, this, this has been a very painful thing, uh, to go through because, so when, when you say thank you for my work, but again, what, it helps me and it, it sounds very selfish. Um, I, I don't deserve that hat of saying, oh, I've, I've done this great job. You know, we have almost 700 ladies that have come together, um, all of us losing our significant other. Um, to this disease and uh, a lot with children. Uh, can you imagine uh, some that are with, with uh, dealing with autistic children, uh, elder parents that also have the disease, uh, breast cancer, all while their husband just one day is the breadwinner uh, in most families um, or their, their significant other uh, is just no longer able to to work and when when we first when I, when the science first started because well I call it my weirdness because I I, I strongly knew uh, years prior uh, that this was going to happen I did get as prepared as best I could uh, with long-term insurance um uh, home health care, uh, life insurance, things like that. Try to get everything lined up to have it paid off and, you know, did the best that I could. Although, you know, I look like a nut. <laughs> but when the science actually started about 12 years prior, I took them to the doctor and they they laughed at me. And at this point, uh, Patrick was in his 40s and he's 58 right now. And the kids at home, so this is our second marriage, and he's been raised the children that I have had uh, since they were three and five. And they saw the signs as well. It's just saying, so having a conversation, and they're convinced that you didn't have a conversation. And if it wasn't for the fact that I knew in my heart that, that this was going to be his walk, I can't imagine how many women or men, because a lot more women get it than men do. And it's, it's, five, it's up to 5% right now of all cases. Um, with this group that you have, and it's a wonderful Facebook group for women that are in the same situation as you are. Are you finding when you talk to them that there are particular resources that they need that aren't available because of the misperception that um, 
dementia is an older person's disease. And what kind of resources are this group bringing to one another? Um, because what I'm, what I'm finding in the caregiver support groups is that we learn as much from each other as we do from other resources. Are you finding that in your group? Uh, actually, we're finding it more so in our group than we do even with the providers that are out there because they are not used to, you know, somebody our, our husband's age or our, our wife's age. And when I tried to get Patrick diagnosed and they laughed at me, the doctor wrote down on a prescription pad for him to listen better. Uh, to his wife because I had told him I said listen I said either you are just not listening to me you don't care enough to listen to me which I knew it wasn't the case or you have your heart of hearing or something <laughs> is right or something is, is wrong with you Isn't and you're not remembering when the doctors don't listen where and mm -hmm. we've had a couple of instances and maybe Mike can share something about that where we ran into uh, med medical professionals who weren't paying attention the way I knew they needed to. Right. Yeah, I Absolutely. remember. I remember where the doctor would be sitting there typing on the computer instead of actually listening to what was being said or the the symptoms that we were seeing um, and talking to them about, and they just weren't paying attention at all and just Correct. crossing over or Correct. even when um he was in the hospital for oh yeah for <laughs> trying to get his medication straightened out he was in the psych ward and they didn't pay attention to his health his physical health and he ended up with pneumonia and then mm. you know you remember the rest of that story mike when um, they sent him home sick and then they weren't paying attention to his um, mental health needs, which led to a disaster um, and Mike throwing a hissy fit. A, a, a hissy fit? <laughs> a hissy fit? Listen, a, 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 but you know what? Fit? You're the master. Sometimes, You're the master right? Sometimes the, we have to be our, our, our own advocate or we have to have someone, you know, like, like myself or my husband, um, and be an advocate for them. And when you're saying, you were asking, is there resources out there for us? No, there's not. Uh, nothing at all. Uh, we, there are day programs in the major cities. For example, I live in a rural area, an hour outside of Dallas, but I do live in a rural area and a town of 1200, and there's nothing out here for us like that. So uh, there's that. Because our spouses are younger, they don't qualify for Medicare. And uh, you have to wait two years, uh, not from date of diagnosis, but two years from date of approved disability. Now, the disease is on the uh, Compassionate Act, I believe is the word that they use. Basically, there's certain diseases, there's a little over 200 um, that are fast-tracked, and this is one of those diseases, uh, early onset is. And what that means, for example, if you've done all of your testing correctly, so for, for Patrick, uh, 
we had the lumbar puncture done along with some other tests. And that lumbar puncture test showed um, that he showed that he carried the proteins. And that was sent off to the Mayo Clinic. A letter from his neurologist stating that he does have the disease, it's progressive, and he won't be able to return to work. And and this is after he got in the wreck, by the way, 14 months after being diagnosed, which is scary too. But he, um, so there's no no resources out there for us uh, for financial assistance. Uh, overnight, Patrick, uh, who was our breadwinner, was no longer working. And I had just gotten healthy myself. I had been sick for several years with five different autoimmune diseases. And I actually um, was able to start speaking again this past, the June this last year. Um, and, that's, that's something that mm -hmm. I was hoping that you would, you would explain as well, because in, in the beginning, mm -hmm. you said you almost used your own journey through the healthcare system and your various diseases as a training for what you're doing now. Can you share with the listeners what some of the issues that you, you had and how that impacted for, your decision uh -huh. to do what you do now? In my prior life, as I call it, uh, I was the business director for uh, a doctor in Fort Worth, and we had a plastic surgery center and a medical spa, and we opened up and built uh, another one in another town and built another medical spa. We had done such a great job of, you know, flipping that practice, getting it going, so I, we decided to consult on our own and um, went off to the healthcare. Uh, there I go, I went to Kuwait, <laughs> I had a great time, uh, met with the Prime Minister of Health, came back, I had a list done, which uh, I did have a Raynaud's syndrome, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's a vascular restriction where like your fingers and your toes uh, when it gets cold uh, or you get nervous, your uh, no blood goes through those um, extremities. It can even include your breath, your ears, your nose, all of that. And uh, had a bit of a scare too. I thought we might have a breast cancer scare, which I did not. But they took out some extra. Long story short, I, I ended up losing my breath, which triggered. Um, which I later learned uh, can, trauma can trigger, it triggered uh, within days a bunch of autoimmune diseases, which I started off with Hashimoto's. I had nodules on my uh, parathyroid. Uh, I had hives every day for 18 months. Uh, with mixed connective tissue, of course, you know, I'm Googling everything, looking up, and this took years to get it diagnosed, by the way. It took about three years. And, uh, and I was frustrated, you know, the doctors don't listen to you. I was saying all the right things. I was saying everything that was wrong with me, but nobody was listening. Right. right. And, and I'm sure that and, would be so frustrating. Um, oh, it was. Well, you you learned was. through your own experience how to help others who um, are dealing with doctors who aren't listening to them. Doctors who are not listening to them, then as well as on the patient side, I 
I knew what it felt like to be told that your life expectancy was shortened. I knew what it felt like to be told, you know, that um, your quality of life won't be the same. And um, it was uh, uh, October, it was August um, 2018 when um, I got my first blood work back after nine years, a nine-year battle of this, and uh, no longer working, no longer, well, I, was, I wasn't really working, I was dabbling. Fast forward, uh, I was with Patrick, and I was at, we were actually at the Austin Film Festival, and I had just got healthy, I had no more antibodies after a nine-year battle, and that was in August. And September was the film festival for my first little film. That was the first time we spent that much time together instead of just a weekend. And when he would come home on the weekends, I would tell my girlfriend, I would be like, oh, I'm so worried. How is he still working? I don't understand. How do they not notice this? How can they not tell? And again, their age, because of their age, it's the last thing that people would ever think, you know, ever in a million years. And and so, and he had a really great job. I mean, he oversaw the half of state of Texas for the right of way um, for the utilities. And um, I couldn't understand how he was still working. So we had that time together, and it was the very next week after we got back from Austin that he was driving. And so he'd already been diagnosed, but I couldn't understand how he could still be working. And hey, he got in the wreck. Yeah. Let's let's go back to um, the uh, caregivers group that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now you said earlier that you have seven hundred members of the group. We have almost seven hundred ladies, correct? Now, so that's not a local group. That's the Facebook that you're talking about. The Facebook group. I, I just want to make sure yeah, that yeah, because understand. the disease, yeah, because the disease is so rare. Uh, you're not going to be able to find enough support to have like a local in-person meeting. Uh, so did you start the group mm-hmm. on Facebook itself? I did. Or did you start did. locally? Okay. No, so, I did on Facebook. Um, for somebody out there, one of our listeners who might want to do mm-hmm. something like that, how would they get started setting up a caregiver support group? Just uh, Facebook has, uh, it makes it very easy. You just go to uh, my pages or my groups and uh, set up new and and that's it you just follow the instructions and you now, can make it private and, and make it as select as you want like a we, we have a, and they will come situation <laughs> yeah and, and they will uh as a matter of fact i started another one called early younger onset alzheimer's widowed bereavement support and because I knew one day that that I will need that support, which, which I knew then, that means that there was people right now that needed it. So I looked online and there was nothing out there like it. And so I started one and just recently and we have 30 members right now. And that's, that's for male or female. That's outstanding. Um, so our, our unique, it's a unique situation for our age. Uh, it's so, not your grandfather kind of a thing. So if I wanted, let's say I wanted to uh, join your early mm-hmm. onset female caregivers group, I don't know if you can tell or not, but by my voice, but I'm not <laughs> a female. 
Right, Mike. <laughs> but um, uh, would I be able to join? You have to qualify uh, a couple different ways, and, and you do have to answer the questions. And uh, uh, you do have to be a female. Oh, darn. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> we, did, we did make the word significant other. No, I understand. Uh, yeah, because we do have um, uh, ladies, and they're married to uh, a lady, ladies. Right. And so, um, but you just have to be a female caring for your significant other um, that has this disease. And, um, and that's, that's pretty much the qualification. Can you talk about what kind of resources are available there on the Facebook support group? On, through our support group, we've, we have, well, we've added Bobby, your wife. Uh-huh. Um, She's lovely, uh, isn't she? She's an expert, right? <laughs> uh, correct. Uh, we also uh, have a young lady who has donated her time to the group, and she's a family therapist, and she has a team of uh, seven, uh, I believe it's seven others behind behind her, but also uh, are able to be part of the support um, through her. She can't answer the questions. Uh, because again, we do have a lot of them have children at home, and uh, there's a lot of questions for that as well. Uh, we've had attorneys uh, guest on, attorney guest on, and uh, where they've spoken, and we're able to answer legal questions. And with all of that said, one of the things that came to my heart was uh, we are going to start. A, well, I'm putting it together, a caregiver's retreat right here on our property. And uh, it's called We Walk This Together. Uh, it will be the nonprofit at 501c3. Nice. Thank you. And, uh, and it's because and we, I, when I was trying to come up with a name, I knew I had this vision that I wanted a caregiver's retreat. I didn't know how it was going to fold out or unfold. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And, you know, it is a nonprofit. So uh, the good news is this place is paid for. So (laughs) 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 the farm is paid for. And so we're going to put little cabins around and uh, do a caregiver's retreat for the ladies and uh, start there. And, uh, just have fellowship with them and uh, be able to pay for uh, somebody to stay with their loved one or their spouse and fly them out here or get their, pay for their transportation because those are also issues that they're faced with. You know, yes. the money is, is, is definitely an issue. Uh, we don't, like I said, we don't qualify for anything that's out there. We, like even Medicaid, when you're doing elder uh assets and, and doing all of that you know how you do medicare has that uh, or medicaid has that five-year glance back right i'm not sure so if, if people are not familiar with that they do a five-year glance back and you can only have so much in your of assets in that person's name for the last five years and so something is, is like a truck a vehicle um college fund a home and, and these are people in the prime of their income earning years when this happens to them. So, so if, if somebody mm-hmm. wants to donate to this nonprofit, is that available? I'm sorry, is that well, available we, through? It, it will Facebook be. 
group? It um, it will be eventually, uh, but I haven't opened any of that up yet until our 501c3 is done. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to do that until then. We are doing a documentary. Uh, we walk this together where it tells the lives of some of the families that are going through this. And we do have a GoFundMe for that. So um, people are welcome to go through that um, and donate and they can look at GoFundMe. We walk this together. Okay. Uh, or they can even look up under my name, Carlene Olson. That's awesome. And so Thank you. So mm-hmm. Carlene, as we, as we wrap up, um, mm-hmm the uh this episode of roger that i certainly want to thank you for being a guest on the show absolutely thank you for letting us tell our story yes thank you so much carlene and um thank you for adding me to the group so i can not only help the people that you're supporting but i can also learn from them Um, Mm -hmm. very tight-knit group wouldn't you agree absolutely and, and very generous as well. And again, thank you so very, very much. And it was a pleasure talking to you. And I thank you, sure Mike. our listeners got a lot out of our conversation today. Well, I talk a lot, so <laughs> I got that voice back. <laughs> so it happens. God had to take away my voice for a couple of years to shut me up. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, we will, thank you. Uh, you and I will stay in touch. Okay, Bobby, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So we touched on a lot of topics today. Um, but one of the things that really struck me, honey, was her initial comment saying, take the rocks that have been cast and use them as stepping stones. That was just an incredible statement. And I absolutely love it. Yes, and, and I definitely know that I will be using that. And again, that's an example of how our listeners are, are, and our guests interact with one another and, and teach one another. And I'm sure that for a number of our listeners, it's going to be uh, a revelation that there are so many people with this young onset Alzheimer's and dementia and the need for resources for them. Since they can't get Medicare, they can't get Medicaid, um, there are actually stumbling blocks put in their, in their place, and, and that needs to be addressed. You can find out more about Colleen on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So, so please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes and post a review, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know how we can help, or if you have a question you'd like for us to address, or you just have a question in general, please post it on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us or where Bobby will be speaking next, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. You can find out more about HCA on our website or go to hearingcharities.org.